Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a morning Bible study with a day of prayer. My name is Lit Charles, and we're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, Promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for sending everything here for a reason and giving everything a purpose in life so that we can succeed. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right, well, we're continuing our study in the book of Daniel, and we are going to begin with chapter 4. So can I get a volunteer to read verses 1 through 18, please? I will. All right, Kyla. And it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and the wonders of the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I issue a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen in its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, its height, reaching to, its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. It leaves, its leaves excuse me, were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in all... And in it was food for all. I'm sorry. It's okay. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of heaven dwelt in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beast get out from under it, and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and its roots in the earth, bound with the brand of iron and bronze, and the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers, and the sin is by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he, whomever he will, and so it's over it the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation. 
since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. There's a lot in there. What are you going to say, sir? Indeed. I was actually going to ask this, this uh, letter that King Nebuchadnezzar wrote, because it's in a letter style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did. Yes. Okay. So it's a good question. Or more than likely, he had one of his scribes write yes. it, but he Dictated. had them. Yes. So, I'll give you all an opportunity to share what the Lord is ministering to you. And if there are any more questions, please go ahead and ask. Well, I'd like to start and point something out while y'all are grabbing your thoughts together. Okay. Please do, um, honey. We, we spoke yesterday in devotional about um, Nebuch- that Nebuchadnezzar hadn't quite committed to God, right? Because he yes. still had things lingering around. And you can see in verse 8, it mm-hmm. says, But at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. Little G. In him is the spirit of the holy God. Mm-hmm. The holy God versus who he said was his God. So you can still, he still had it while he was recognizing that Daniel had the holy God on the inside of him, the spirit of the holy God, and that his God was, in fact, the real God, the true God. He still had another God over his head that he recognized as his own God, which, yep. Just kind of verifies that point that he hadn't fully come to grips with the fact that there's only one God, and that's the only God that you should serve, and to put away the false gods. Which is also the first commandment, right? You shall have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Okay. Now the Lord has given grace, or has given grace, right, to Nebuchadnezzar. Mm Mm-hmm. Allowing him time to work this, these things out of his life. Mm-hmm. But in that, there's also the, we have a choice to make. In this case, Nebuchadnezzar has a choice to make. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it says, Scripture makes it very plain. A man cannot serve two masters. That's right. You'll either love one. And hate the other. Mm-hmm. All right? So, it can't happen. That's why the Lord doesn't allow it. And he, but he just understands. He created us. He knows what we're capable of and what we're incapable of and what the results of certain actions will be. He knows the results of all actions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, what's the Holy Spirit ministering to you guys? I found verse 7 interesting when he was talking about how he called... Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in. I'll just read the first half of the verse, because that's what I want to focus on. I found it interesting that he was continuing to call on these people, even though he already knew that they weren't being, they weren't, they were unable to interpret the dream, Mm -hmm. and how he still went to them. Mm -hmm. And the exact same thing that happened the first time happened the second time. And then Daniel had to make known to it, and how he called down... Mm-hmm. Kind of at the end, mm-hmm. 
as a last resort. And I just found that interesting because from the human perspective, most people do what they know works first. They, they try to have a set formula, and if they know it worked last time, they go to that first before trying other possibilities. But Nebuchadnezzar was wanting to go back to his original ways on doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a habit and a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. This is what he's known and put into practice in his life for a long time, clearly. And the Lord was trying to draw him out of stuff, right? But you have to be willing. In this case, Nebuchadnezzar had to be willing. What was the second half of that verse? I told them the dream. Right, they came in. All these people came in. Magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. And I told them the dream. That's a difference from the first time where he refused to tell them the dream. Why? Because he knew that they're going to try to lie to him. Well, he suspected well, he was angry. He was afraid. I mean, he had all kind of questions mm-hmm. and and problems going on. And this is all of being written after the fact, mm-hmm. right? Yes, as, as we pointed out, it's written like a letter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is a, an, a recount or giving an account of a series of events mm-hmm. that took place. And you can tell his tone is much different than it was in that first one. He's burning their houses down and <laughs> or threatening to do so. And you know, adamant about it and no grace in his voice. He was like, you either do it or you die. But this this speech pattern is a lot more gracious and gentle than it is stating facts that this is what happened at this time. Um, you do see some growth in him because like we just said before, he was like, if you don't do it, and burning your stuff down and dancing on the ashes. <laughs> no, that's my version. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he was, you know, very threatening in how he communicated with them and very angry and like a tempest. But um, this time he at least told them the dream to give them a chance. I think every every human, when they come to God, there's a rustling in their flesh, uh, or at mm-hmm. least the majority of us. Some people may come willingly and just fall into the hands of the Lord and you know, don't resist him at all. But the sin nature pos- positions and pits itself against the Holy Spirit and against the will of God, and it has to be brought into submission. And you can see him kind of gradually coming over, but still having some obstinate tendencies and, and ways that he's unwilling to let go of. Mm-hmm. Do you have more, sir, or does anyone else have any anything they want to share? Somebody else can go. I kind of have a question. Okay. Why does the Lord talk to some people plainly, but others he speaks to them through dreams or visions? Short answer is because he's God. Mm-hmm. And that's how he chooses to. Oh, you have something? Go ahead, and you can also see that he speaks to every person as they need it. Because some people are unwilling to listen to what the Lord says unless it comes in the form of a dream. Whereas others are willing to hear him directly. Mm-hmm. So he's also merciful, as he's already stated that he is. Mm-hmm. He's merciful and he comes in a way that you can, <clears throat> you'll have the opportunity to hear him. But sometimes he, he wants to stir you up. Right? Yes. That first dream put Mr. Nebuchadnezzar in a tizzy. And it, it was probably something new for him. 
That's why he was so disturbed by it. But God also expects that, expects that we come up to his level. He has the right to challenge oh, okay. us. He has the right to coddle us, if you will, to um, take us in his arms tenderly. And he also has the right to go, excuse me, stand up here before me. Let me question you. Exactly. Where were you when I did these things? And he does all of it by love, but he also knows how to reach his his human and, you know, get to them, get to their heart. He has, like, you know, like we've been pointing out, he has the reasons, right? We can go back to Moses. And if you recall, there was a, a time, an incident with Moses' sister and Miriam, Miriam mm-hmm. and Aaron, right? What did they state? Well, we hear from the Lord, too. He speaks to us. Mm-hmm. But the Lord spoke, chose to speak with them differently. And he made that difference distinguishable so that they could not say or lay claim, if you will, to the place, the position that he had given to Moses as the one chosen to lead the children of Israel through the wilderness. And, well, the, the plan was always for the promised land, right? Yes. He made that difference, and he stated it out loud. He said, to you two, I speak in dreams and in visions. But with Moses, I speak face-to-face as with a friend. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Face-to-face as a man speaks with his friend. There is a difference. The Lord knows the reasons why there's a difference. Mm-hmm. We just have to trust him. He, he intends and he purposes to speak with and to each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. How he chooses to do it is his, as his prerogative. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake, he chooses and desires to speak with each and every one of us mm-hmm. constantly. That is true. We have to be willing to listen mm-hmm. and, and recognize when he's speaking to us, That's regardless true. of which way he chooses to communicate. Mm-hmm. No. We're going to see multiple ways in which he communicates <laughs> just here in, in the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're, they're numerous. It's not just audibly, and it's not just in dreams and visions. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes the Lord can speak in dreams and visions for a season to people, and mm-hmm. then not anymore. And I think it's most important not to, or it's easy to look at someone else's life before God and you know gaze over their fence, if you will, and go, man, it looks like they've got it so good. If I had... If God talked to me like that, I would understand so much more. But it's important that you are appreciative of the way that God deals with and interacts with you because it is by his design and for his purpose. Be grateful for it. Thank him and make the most of that. Appreciate what's set before you, not longing or looking over at someone else's um, life and lifestyle to try to have it. Um, Excuse me. And like I said, I've, I've, you can look through the word and see how God raises up different seasons in people's lives to accomplish a, a certain goal, and then he changes gears. And he's still the same God, but he wants them to interact with him and know him in a different way. So, um, you know, just move with the Lord, however he wants Absolutely. to move with you. And when he does a new thing in your life, embrace him and embrace what he's doing and trying to do and what he's working to bring to pass in your life and Flow with him. And then when he changes gears again, change gears right along with him. Don't go, God, well, you used to talk to me like this. I want you to talk to me like that again. Yes. Be present in the moment that he's in. 
don't limit the Lord or don't attempt to limit the Lord. Mm-hmm. Allowing him to have, I'll say, free reign in your life. Or yeah. another way to phrase that is to be subject to him in every area and aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. Gives him the freedom to do what he wants. That's right. And also, it demonstrates our willingness to just be obedient, to just listen and be with him, aligned with him in the moment, however that is. Yes. Okay? Yes. Anyone else? Go ahead, Layla. Um, verse 13, and we'll just read through 17 and then stop there. It says, I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and the roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, and the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beast on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man, let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven years pass over him. Mm-hmm. It, this is referring to King Nebuchadnezzar, what the Lord is proclaiming that he is going to do, should Nebuchadnezzar continue to deny the Lord as being God, and continuing on his little downward spiral, if you will. And if you go back to chapter 2 and read verse 38, it says, And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beast of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So in this dream, he is the tree. And like what the Lord had spoke to him in chapter 2 in his dream, that where he was, there were the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven. There it is in the dream. They were in his branches and in his roots and eating the fruit that came from him and dwelling where they pleased. But now, if you will, the power has been taken away from him. The tree gets its processes. It makes fruit from its leaves. Without it, it can't... Take the sunlight, convert it into chemical energy to make the stuff to make the fruit for the birds and whoever wants it to eat. So when you take the leaves off of it, you basically render the tree useless because it can't carry out any of its processes without it. And so the Lord is taking is saying, I'm going to take your power. You're going to be reduced to a, a beast, if you will, a beast of the earth, a wild animal, until you can acknowledge that I am God and that you aren't, until you can humble yourself underneath my hand. And this, and you have seven years of this if you continue to push, try to take my place, try to exalt yourself as God, this is what's going to happen. And it's like that for everybody. If you, The more you try to push and take God's throne and go, no, God, I got it, you become a Nebuchadnezzar in your own way. It looks the same at the core. It may have a different face and more makeup on it, but it's still the same thing. <laughs> are you going to allow yourself to push him out, or are you just going to go, okay, Lord, let, let me humble myself, let me submit under your hand, and let's go with your plan. Let me stop trying to be God and sit on my own throne. Let's put you in your place, God. I'm not saying put you in a place as though you're, he's some little kid. As that though you you're can, correcting him, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. But let me 
hold honor you yes and exalt honor you, you. Uh-huh. hold you in respect mm-hmm. and treat you how it's how i'm supposed to be under you mm-hmm. and so it's just important that we do that mm-hmm. we don't do our own thing don't push him off the throne but mm-hmm. stay in line with him and you see the grace of god here because we understand that what happens in this life is important yes. but what happens and what happens to us after we leave this life is the most important thing. So the fact that God is coming to him to give him an opportunity is an honor. That is the true blessing. Yes, you know, we would look at the the kingly position and the the wealth that he had and the notoriety and the power and all of those things and go, "Okay, that's what's to be desired." But it's really not because let's say verse 17 says the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will and sets it mm-hmm. and sets over it the lowest of men. So you don't, those things don't come because you're something special in and of yourself or that you're entitled to it. But the thing that's to be prized is our eternal life and what we do here and now dictates and determines what happens to us, <clears throat> excuse me, at that time, the, the eternal life. So the fact that God is even giving this man an opportunity to repent or gives us an opportunity to repent is such an honor absolutely, and a, and a blessing. That is the blessing, that God gives us chance to repent, that he gives us an opportunity to go, God, I'm sorry, and to take his hand and, and take um, part in the covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ. That is what's the valuable thing, and that's what's to be prized and to esteemed as mighty. That is that is the grace and the goodness of God and this element. And you see the 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 three gentlemen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when their eternity was set before them, they prized the eternal over the, the earthly. That's right. In the here and now. They pr- they prized what was coming for them later. God is going to deliver us either way. And they put their esteem on heavenly things. But Nebuchadnezzar is also being given this chance. So is anybody, are you guys ready to keep reading so we can Well, no, not yet, because oh, okay. I just want to build a little bit off of what you were saying, honey. Okay. Because you can look at this, and it's real easy to take the perspective that the dream or the message that the Lord is sending is harsh. Right? And, or, no, that's not, that can't be the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't communicate that way, right? He's mm-hmm. nice and loving and no. peaceful and... Oh, loving, yeah, exactly, he is. He's but he's also compassionate. He's yes, he is. And because of his compassion, his love for us, he only wants us to experience his goodness. We have this, we can easily get a, a wrong perspective of love and think that it's just niceties and constant blessings. No, in there is everything. Discipline and, and the whole works, right? And <laughs> discipline starts with exactly what's happening here. Communication, a discussion, or in this case, it's a dream, right? But there's a warning. Hey, if you continue down this path, these are things that are that are going to happen. I, I can think back in my life to all the warnings that I received from the Lord mm-hmm. that they communicate with me directly. <laughs> then you know, through someone else, my parents, or, or whatever the case is, right? And yeah. sometimes I heeded those warnings, and other times I did not, and I experienced the full measure of what was discussed. Oh, you probably got some grace on that. I did get a lot of grace, absolutely. <laughs> you're still alive. <laughs> That's so. a true statement. And, our, and we all, I mean, I can remember some, I, 
at least two pointed hard things that determined the the trajectory of my life. I remember God speaking to me when I was in the middle of my sin, going, yeah, buddy, this is the life. In the middle of my sin, God spoke things to me clearly. And I said, I heard his voice. I kind of looked over like, yeah, well, God. And before I knew it, what he said to me came upon me, and I was like, oh, no. And it was stuff that I couldn't get out of. It's too late at that and, point. Yeah. Lord said what he said. He already knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It is our role to come into alignment, to humble ourselves, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, right? So mm-hmm. humble ourselves, come back, repent, come back into alignment with the Lord and his plan, mm-hmm. and move forward in him and the things of him, mm-hmm. which is our Heavenly Father. And understand he comes with truth. Niceties is a human. Pleasantries, Yes. Being nice is the human um, replacement for kindness. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Nice is not. Nice is subject to my emotions. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's the result of communing with the Holy Spirit and letting him reshape us to look like him. So um, God tells us the truth. Keep that in mind, even if it doesn't sound pleasant or especially if it's not what you want to hear, like hearken all the more to his voice and listen to him. And what you said, honey, about the sounding harsh, Jesus said in Mark chapter nine, verse 47, and if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Mm. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell where their worm does not their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So, um, and if you read up a little bit, it's talking about your hand and your foot causing you to sin. Um, and it's better get in, just get into heaven versus taking all your whole body into hell where there's mm-hmm. no relief from that. And you can see, you know, that same, it's better to do whatever you need to do to make it to heaven which is come by Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. You can do nothing without him. That's right. And there's no other pathway to Father. There's no no other name Mm -hmm. under heaven by which men shall be saved. Come do whatever you need to get to him and cling to him, whatever it takes. Cling to him. And and by that means submit to him. Yes. Walk in his ways. Not your own ways. His ways. Exhibiting his nature, his character, and letting him have reign. Of every aspect of your life. And it also means don't be afraid of what it will cost. People might go, oh, it doesn't take all that. Or I don't like who you are now. If you have to go to, if you get into heaven and you have to go there without a friend in the world, without a human friend, do what you need to do to get to heaven. If you have to go there with your family having turned their backs on you, do what you need to get to get to heaven. Pray for them, forgive them, but don't let that stop you. And mm-hmm. You know, God, if you try to preserve your life, you're going to lose it. If you're going to try, if you try to maintain those relationships and worship and serve those versus serving God, if you, you try to maintain popularity rather than clinging to the most high God, the eternal cost is far weightier than people being mad at you because all they can do is kill the body. And that's if, if authority has been granted to them. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. But God takes care of everything. So. Amen. Let's move forward. Can I get a volunteer to read from verse 19 through 27, please? I will. Okay. 
Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar. <laughs> Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar. <laughs> that guy. That, that's okay. Daniel, there you do go. not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Daniel answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached the heavens, and which can, could be seen all, be seen by all, excuse me, mm-hmm. all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, and which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the heaven made their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as a king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with the brand of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, let him graze with the beasts of the field, till seven times pass over him. Hmm. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king. They shall drive you out from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heavens, and seven times shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Mm. Perhaps there will be a lengthening of your prosperity. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. There's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, what did what is the Holy Spirit ministering to you? Go for I it. I found Lajaros. it interesting that Daniel said that your prosperity may... Uh, continue a bit longer, not saying that the Lord would turn from his anger. Because you could see Daniel wasn't the one to give false hope. He already knew what the Lord said was going to come to pass. Like, everything he says, it goes out and accomplishes whatever he wills it to be. Mm-hmm. And does not come back void. Mm-hmm. So you can see that. And Daniel was saying when he was saying giving money to the poor, essentially. Not saying doing that is like. I have to do this and I'll be able to prosper longer by more so caring about others, not just thinking about yourself mm-hmm. and your own prosperity, but continue to show the love of Christ to others around you and to be righteous. Mm-hmm. Because you can see with Judas, even though he came up with this noble act, most would say, about giving money to the poor, the intentions were not there. Mm-hmm. It's more so about the heart behind it that makes it acceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Daniel, I think he got a glimpse of, hey, this happened to Israel. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. <coughs> repent, king, because maybe God will have mercy on you in this. Isn't that the same thing that happened to the children of Israel right before they got dispersed to Babylon? You hear that yes. repeatedly. Hey, let's repent, and maybe God will be merciful. So literally Daniel could see the handwriting like, okay, Wait, 
not literally, but comparatively, he could say, wait, these are the same kind of things that happened. God spoke to us like this. So even Daniel is learning a lesson. Like, God is, he's good to all. You know, mm-hmm. yes, Israel is special, but they're not the only people that God ministered to. And he was also able to hey, say, hey, these are the rules that worked for us. He, he re- reached back to his own experience of his people right before they were sent into captivity and the same council do what's, these are things that are just basically right by God. They're, they're just basic. It wasn't anything. um, Stop sinning. That's what God said to them all the time. Be righteous, right? Or as the Lord (laughs) phrases it, depending on translation, be holy for I am holy or Mm -hmm. be righteous, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Same thing is required of all. Nebuchadnezzar was not one of uh, was not a, a Jew. He was not one of the children of Israel. He was a Chaldean. Mm-hmm. He was the king of Babylon. The ordinances of the Lord apply to everyone equally. Yes, they do. We see that exact thing demonstrated here. I know, as you you stated, Charles, Daniel didn't sugarcoat it with him, but he did advise him. To repent. Yes. Do these things. Be righteous. And then also, do what's right. Mm-hmm. Right? Show kindness to the poor or, shine, or mercy to the poor. And also, maybe your prosperity will be increased. Mm-hmm. But those are just basic elements that God spoke to the children of Israel in, in the Torah of how do you treat the poor? How do you mm-hmm. treat the fatherless? How do you treat the stranger? Those, that's God's character. That's not just for one people to listen and obey. That's why you can have to people in the world who don't serve God, but they tap into laws of God, laws of sowing and reaping, and they're able to benefit from it. Right? Yes. yes. They may not even name the name of Christ, but they're able to. God is good. He reigns on the just and the unjust alike. So if he'll forgive me, he'll forgive you. He's no respecter of persons. And um. Changing gears for a second, I wanted to touch on something. The watchers. What's a watcher? What's a holy one? The, the, does this language sound familiar to you guys? Um, the watcher coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Isn't that what was said to the... Uh the disciple John in Revelations. It sounds a lot like Revelations. It may have not, maybe mm-hmm. not the same language, but the angels that were coming down and speaking what God told them to speak and making yes. declarations over the time and the season. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening in the spiritual realm, and this is there's then there's a manifestation that's going to happen in the natural realm. It sounds just like that. Watchers, these are angels that have an assignment. They have a place to walk in and to stand and to co- declare certain things like there's ones that stand and declare this that you know they pour out they open the um scrolls the scrolls and the um the seals they pour out the bowls and then they declare whatever it is that god tells them to declare and each of them has a specific role and a place in that but also look at the bands that they are that nebuchadnezzar is bound with Mm -hmm. the bronze if you go back to the beginning of revelation well, how does it describe Jesus in the beginning parts of Revelation? 
You can just look at chapter 1, verse 15. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Okay, so the the description of him is about his justice. Right? Yes. And it was also stated, I believe in Revelation, but elsewhere, he will rule with a rod of iron. And that's exactly where I was coming from. Oh, yes, I knew next, that. Sweetheart. Um, that's Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. So he is placing his justice <clears throat> and his rulership around Nebuchadnezzar. Isn't that fitting for the situation? Yes. Um, you, Nebuchadnezzar needed to understand that because it was for his sake, you know, it wasn't just Jesus flexing his muscles, which I'm totally into. I love it when God is God and I can see his, his might and his strength displayed like that. But I also love the compassion of God. As we um, talked about earlier, this is for his salvation, which is a far weighter goal, which is a far um, more important aspect. So God displaying his justice and his sovereignty to bring Nebuchadnezzar back into relationship with him and subsequently the peoples that are under him mm-hmm. is important. But even if there were no peoples under him, I think God would have gone through all this trouble just to get Nebuchadnezzar back. Just to, to rein him back in so that way when he left the earth, when he transitioned into the spiritual realm, that he could find his place in heaven versus hell. Jesus came and died one time for all humanity. Not just the Jew. Not just those that will become Christians and believers, but for everyone. And his blood is available to whomever would take it. You know, Jesus mentioned to the the disciples in his earthly ministry that he had sheep outside of this fold and that he needed to bring them in. That's whoever. Whoever will believe on the name of Jesus Christ, whomever. And we see clearly through the patriarch Abraham that God was looking at people and whatever state they were in, whatever condition they were in, whatever their location, whatever their heritage, because at that point there wasn't, they were in his loins, but they were not a people. Let's look at that. That's how the Bible describes it. You guys can't see Kyla smirking at what I said. Um, but they were in his body, right? The people that would become the Jews, the people that also would become Jews after the, in the spirit who would believe and access, access God, become his family by faith. So mm-hmm. God is looking for whomever will believe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and to build off that, honey. Okay. 25 and 26, or actually I should say 24 through 26. Daniel gives the interpretation. Mm-hmm. Right. O king, this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King. He describes how they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be the beasts with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. 
We shall wet you with the dew of heaven seven times, pass over you until you know that until you know that the Most High rules mm-hmm. in the kingdom of men, and He gives it to whomever He chooses. Mm-hmm. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Amen. This applies to us today as well. No, we're not King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, maybe you are. I don't know. You might be a, a right, like a considered a king, a head of state. Yeah. Right. It, it applies to everybody, small and great alike. That's right. Right. The Lord has a plan, a calling, a purpose, all that for your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we must be clear. The Most High rules the kingdom of men. He gives it to whomever He chooses. Mm-hmm. Much of the world talks, even discusses. What is your plan, your purpose, your destiny? How many of us have tried to approach or find it by natural means, only to be left wanting mm-hmm. and to, to realize that what we are pursuing isn't exactly it? But he says, the end, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you know the heaven rules. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage each and every one today, come into alignment, humble yourself, come into a, repent, come into alignment with the Lord, with his plan. Seek him wholly and fully in every area and aspect of your life. He will make known his plan to you. He has it ready for you, waiting. Mm-hmm. Will you choose to Come into alignment with it. Mm-hmm. That's for all of us. It matters. We can't do it our own way. We see that demonstrated here with Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. We have to do it the Lord's way so that He's glorified and that the fruit that's produced is good. Not just for us, but for all. Everyone understand? Yes. Any questions? Okay. Well, let's pause there for today. All right? Mm-hmm. Can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, I just thank you for your strength, Lord, and how that you show yourself strong in our weakness, Lord. I just thank you for... These morning Bible studies, Lord, I just thank you for the viewers and partners with this ministry, Lord, and that you continue to bless it with your finances, Lord, and with your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.